This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, welcome in Iowa fans to another edition of the Swarmcast, the Iowa Hawkeyes podcast powered by the 24-7 Sports Network and CBS. Sean Bach here. Um, we're joined by a special guest, Wisconsin beat writer, um, Badger 247 beat writer, Michael Hogan. Michael has covered the Badgers for the last few years. Michael, what was your first year again? I should have written that down, but what was your first year? Last year. Last year is my first last year. year. My second That's season. right. Been eventful. <laughs> yeah. But grew grew up a Wisconsinite, so he is a uh, very familiar with the Wisconsin program, knows the ins and outs of everything, and does a really good job over there at Badger 247, and decided to bring him on for this podcast as we preview Saturday's Heartland Trophy game between the five and four Iowa Hawkeyes and the fellow five and four Wisconsin Badgers. And Two teams that have kind of had a similar direction. I know Wisconsin's obviously a, a different situation because of the coaching change that was made at the beginning of the year or a couple weeks into the season with Wisconsin and Paul Christ parting ways. And, Mike, I remember sitting there at, at media day with you in Indianapolis, and we were like, "You think who do you think stays longer at their jobs, Paul Christ or Kirk Ferentz? And I think both of us would have never predicted what would have happened a few a few months later um with all that stuff that went down in Madison yeah it was certainly shocking i mean i think after the 2 and 3 start they get beat by washington state that was kind of an embarrassing game for them they they uh committed too many penalties in that one just played sloppy football and a couple weeks later no one expected them to to beat ohio state uh but nobody really expected them to show up and just look lost and get throttled in the first quarter they were down by 28 uh going into the second quarter they lost 52 to 21 uh so an embarrassing performance there uh, uncompetitive and maybe that's a better word uncompetitive performance there um and then uh, a week later that was a real embarrassing performance against illinois uh which turned out to be a really good team this year i'm not sure how many people expected that kind of season they've had so far but they came up to Camp Randall Stadium and held the Badgers to two yards rushing, uh, which is just unacceptable for for Wisconsin's program. They got out toughed in that game, and they almost shut down in the second half. Um, and uh, Illinois scored 20 unanswered points, if I can remember correctly, um, and won 34 to 10. Uh, took the life out of them. And I think everybody expected maybe Chris Seat to be hotter after that game, but I don't think anyone expected – Chris McIntosh to turn around the next day and fire him. Uh, 
and and make interim, you know, make Jim Leonard the interim head coach. But here we are uh, in the final month of the season, and the Badgers have won three of their last four games under Leonard, who has brought a lot of positive energy back to this program, has kind of reinvigorated in a short and reinvigorated the guys in a short amount of time. Um, I don't think he's fixed a lot of the issues on the field. I think that there's still enough inconsistency there, but they have played cleaner football uh, and they have played with more energy and they've, they've played a little bit more inspired in recent weeks, which has led to some nice victories for them. I think that Purdue game a couple weeks ago was their best performance. They came out, got to a, up to a 21, nothing lead and one thirty five twenty four, 24, much closer than must. It was a much more of a blowout than the final score indicated. So yeah, Leonard, um, is is uh, trending in the right direction here for sure. Yeah, what have been some of those big issues? I mean, you look at this Wisconsin team, the run game seems to be the strength of the offense, which it always is. They're always going to try and want to run the football. Graham Mertz has looked better this year, and he's really seemed to take a step forward. But you mentioned, too, that they haven't had that in games where they needed him the most. But what have been some of those glaring issues that have come up that maybe – you know, Iowa fans are used to seeing from Wisconsin. Well, the penalties for me have been the the most obvious, you know, biggest issue in my opinion. I think that in that Washington State game, they win that one. It's easy, you know, it's easy, it's easy to think in hindsight, oh, if they don't commit a penalty here or there. But they had 11 penalties for 106 yards in that game, and, and a lot of those negated positive offensive plays, big gains down the field, just momentum-killing penalties – um, just undisciplined performances um, against Illinois. The same kind of thing happened. They committed 10 penalties in that game uh, for about 80 something yards, something along the lines of that. So that's been an issue for them. I think they're coming into this week or at least coming into last week, they were the second most penalized team in the big 10 behind Maryland. And if you look back in the previous seasons of the Badgers, um, they, they, they've never been this poor in terms of, penalties and, and and discipline. I think in recent weeks you've you've seen a little bit better play there, but just in terms of the overall picture of the season, that's been uh, an issue that's come up quite a bit. The offensive line too, I think you know, maybe both of these teams might be in the same situation here. Young offensive lines um that maybe took a little bit more time to gel than than expected at the beginning of the season. In Wisconsin's case, they have used seven different combinations up front this year in terms of starters due to injuries and Jack Nelson, the left tackle uh, had an illness for the Ohio state game. So they had to make a pregame change there that, that didn't turn out very well for them. Um, I, the, the players have downplayed the, the moving parts and the different guys coming in to start at different spots. But I think that, I think, I, I think it's fair to say that that's created enough um, issues with the chemistry. At least it did in the first, you know, six or seven games of the season. Now you're starting to see that that unit play a little bit better, um, and with with the five the five best guys out there. Le- the last week they had Riley Malman back at right tackle, who was injured for the first. You know, he he started in the first game, then missed six or seven straight games with a left leg injury. He's back. He's healthy. They moved Trey Wadig into into right guard. He was starting at right tackle and Malman's place and playing very well. So they left him in the lineup, just moved him inside. Joe Tippman's been solid at the center position. Um, he's been the only one of the week one starters who's played and started in all nine games. Uh, and then they had Tanner Bordellini at left guard. And then they had Jack Nelson left tackle. So I think that group 
is is what you're going to see the rest of the season going forward. They're going to be able to establish some continuity there. They rush for they helped the Badgers rush for 240 yards in a nasty, nasty rainy and windy game this past week uh, against Maryland. So that group, I talked to Borlini on Monday, and he said that they turned on the film and kind of kind of felt like it was the first time all year that this is what it needed to be. This was you know, the most, the best execution we've seen all year. So that, that was an issue early on, but I think it's resolved. Uh, the pass rush hasn't been, is probably the third issue on, on the list of them that I would point to. Um, it's been better recently, just like the offensive line, but Nick Herbig has eight, has eight sacks. He's their best guy, leads the big 10 in sacks, but almost no, they're not getting production from anybody else, really. Keanu Benton has three or four sacks, but then I don't think anyone else has more than more than two, a couple of guys have one. The inside linebackers, you know, obviously there was going to be a drop-off at that position with Sanborn and Chanel moving on to the NFL. But uh, the the replacements, Jake Cheney, Mumina Jungmenta, Jordan Turner, like I said, have been playing better in recent games. But early on, there was enough inconsistency there where they weren't getting home to the quarterback. They weren't making those tackles for a loss of yards. So I think that was an adjustment. I think overall – um, we undersold the defense losing eight starters from last year's group, which obviously was one of the best. Um, it, it statistically was the best in the nation. I would say Georgia's defense was probably probably better overall. But, um, yeah, I think I think those three issues um, have been the, the most consistent. And obviously Mertz has played better, like you said, but there there have been times this season when he's disappointed. Uh, he had a bad game against Ohio State. And then against Illinois, one of the best defenses in the nation, he threw two interceptions in that game. So he's had his moments this season, but he's also kind of shown reverted back to last year's version of himself at, at some other points. But overall, a very encouraging season for him. Yeah, have you noticed a change in Mertz's style at all? Because I was talking to Iowa linebacker Jack Campbell during media availability on Tuesday, and he mentioned that it seems like Wisconsin's trying to do different things, whether that's moving him out of the pocket more, moving him around more. What have been some of those changes where he's had those that growth? Yeah, I feel like that that's actually a topic that came up this week as well at the Badgers media availability. Um, Mertz has been throwing a lot more. They've, they've been moving him, moving him out of the pocket, rolling him out a little bit more, putting him on the run. He's actually shown, shown some, some impressive growth throwing in that regard. Um, he had a couple throws against Purdue, both of his touchdown passes in the first quarter. I believe he was rolling out to his right. He's had better accuracy down the field in that regard. Um, you know, they've done some different things with the play calling too. you know, the different passing concepts and maybe a couple more RPOs and then what Wisconsin would usually run, you know, you know, over the last, yeah. maybe what Iowa fans are used to. So yeah, they've, they've done a lot of different things with him or maybe not a lot of different things, but some different things to mix it up and, and to, to get him in a rhythm. I feel like, you know, last year, maybe even earlier on this season, there there was times when they would just stick to the run and not really get Mertz in that groove. You're seeing that in recent weeks where where, where he's getting into a rhythm. And, you know, I, I wouldn't look at that Maryland game. I wouldn't put much stock into that. It was the wind gusts were reaching, you know, 40, 50 miles per hour. It was rainy. Both quarterbacks struggled. Um, but, you know, go back and look at that Purdue game, the Northwestern game, even the Michigan State game. He struggled a little bit there in that performance, but he made some nice throws. They were getting him out of the pocket, and he has more mobility than people give him credit for, too. I think another part of his game where he's grown is 
sometimes he is, you know, he's a little bit more willing to take off and run if he needs to, to pick up that five, six yards, get a first down here and there. He's done that. He probably could do that a little bit more. I think there's been times where he's stayed in the pocket a little bit too long, held on to the ball a little bit too long. Sometimes you're better off getting that chunky yardage and, and uh, making a positive play out of something if, 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 if there's nothing downfield. And I also think that the receivers are better this year um, compared to what they had been in recent years. Obviously Jake Ferguson, you know, you lost him. You know, he was one of their best pass catchers over the last couple seasons at, at tight end. But now you have Chimere DK, who's having a big season. He's he's been terrific on third down. Mertz uh, has gone to him numerous times in big spots throughout the year uh, on third down. Um, DK has five or six touchdowns on the season. Skylar Bell, a redshirt freshman. He's a weapon for him, especially, um, you know, he, he's made some nice catches down the field, but I, I like what they've been doing with him as a runner. They've been getting him on those jet sweeps. He had a 36-yard carry this past week, so he's been impressive. And Clay Condiff was having a big season for him uh, as Ferguson's replacement early on. Merch was going to him often. He had a couple touchdown passes to him early, but then he got injured in the um, Ohio State game. He's out for the year. So they haven't had maybe what they wanted out of the tight ends since then but um dk and bell and um you know even a guy like dean engram they, they've been contributing Keontis lewis a big body kind of guy from ucla he transferred here in the offseason he's been productive for him at times but uh, dk and bell are certainly um i would say an upgrade from the receivers they've had in recent seasons it's only a kick a jump a block it's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Yeah, I know Iowa fans will remember Skylar Bell in that 2021 class. That was the class that featured Keegan Johnson, Arlen Bruce, and Brody Breck, Skyler, I think, would have been the fourth receiver in that group, but it was between Iowa and Wisconsin, and the Badgers ended up winning. And he's also the former teammate of uh, high school teammate of Iowa wide receiver Deontay Vines, too, has really stepped up for the Hawkeyes in recent games. But you mentioned the running game, too. I know you put on our message board and you posted a story on Braylon Allen, who was a talk of college football, or at least in the Big Ten last year, with the way that he was able to run the ball at. What age was he again? Was he 17? Is that, is <laughs> he was that 17 last year. He's 18 now. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. And he just, if I recall correctly, he had a pretty good game against Iowa last year too. I believe he had <laughs> somewhere around 104 yards, but which I mean is probably on the lower end outside that Minnesota game where he had 47 yards. But still, it just seems like every time – Wisconsin got him the football like he was not going down easy and he found a way to really get through that Wisconsin and that Iowa defense who traditionally is one of the better tackling defenses fundamentally sound defenses in you know not only the conference and not only the conference but in the whole country 
So what has he shown this year? What leaps has he made? And obviously, you know, with the injuries that he's kind of been dealing with, what do they do when he's not on the field? Yeah, obviously he's he's kind of picked up a little bit where he, you know, he left off last season, but he made some tweaks in the offseason to his game. He lost a little bit of weight. I don't know where he's at now, you know, in season, but I talked to him when I did a feature story on him in training camp. He was around 235. He was playing at 240-ish last year. So he was he lost a little bit of that weight, but kept the size to add some speed and elusiveness to his game. I think we've seen that in spurts this season. I think we've seen him you know, a little bit, he's a little bit faster, maybe a little bit more uh, elusive in terms of making cuts and making guys miss. But uh he's still Braylon Allen. He's still the big back that that Iowa saw last year that that can really run through some tackles. He's always falling forward, fighting for those yards. But um, yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's around a thousand yards this season. Uh, you know, he's got his share of touchdowns as well. Um, you know, obviously the Badgers have been riding him pretty heavily, especially in recent weeks with uh, Ches Malusi, their number two running back. Um, coincidentally, Malusi didn't play against Iowa last year after he, or actually never mind. He did play against Iowa last year. Um, that was like a week before he tore his ACL this year. He's out with a wrist injury. Uh, he's been, he's missed the last couple of weeks. So the Badgers have had to maybe increase Allen's workload a little bit more. He had 29 carries against, you know, Michigan state. Um, uh, they, they ran him pretty hard against Purdue as well with around 20 carries last week. He had 23 carries and he's been doing it with a, a dinged up shoulder, which is maybe a little bit concerning for, for Badgers fans because, the depth there isn't isn't great uh, all of a sudden. You know, they, they have Isaac Arendo, who's been great. I'll get into him in a little bit. But, um, you know, if Allen goes down, suddenly you're looking at you're looking at a pretty thin group of running backs. And it's almost similar to last year uh, when he, when he was dealing with almost he, he didn't pinpoint what he was dealing with, you know, down the stretch last season is when Malusi was out and his increase, his, his workload was increased significantly but he was dinged up he was dealing with some bumps and bruises some soreness and he didn't perform well in that minnesota game he only rushed for about 47 yards 50 yards um this year it's kind of similar he's got that shoulder issue which you know it was a point of discussion on monday during his media availability he said he's going to play through it pretty much the rest of the season he doesn't expect the pain to really subside that much uh, it's manageable enough but uh may- maybe we've saw it a little bit last week where that's causing some hesitancy with with him, you know, maybe thinking twice before he goes into a hole with a linebacker or, you know, he's maybe trying to protect that shoulder a little bit because that's, that's a, that's a target point for defenders when, 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 you know, you're running down the field. Um, but if all of a sudden, you man, if he gets hurt, if he has to go, if he has to miss a game or something, um, they're looking at Garendo, like I said, who has been really good for them, especially in recent games. Uh, he's, he's their quickest, he's the fastest guy on the team. He's having his best season of his career. He's a guy who's dealt with some injuries in the past, hasn't been able to stay healthy. He's been he's been able to make it through this year. Last week he had an 89-yard touchdown, rushed for a career high 114 yards. But my question for him would be, you know, what what how would you be able to handle a bigger role? How would your body react to getting 20, you know, 20, 23 carries, what they're giving Allen? They haven't had to dip into the Julius Davis, Brady Shipper guys yet, deeper on their depth chart, but um, so for now it's, it's Braylon Allen and Isaac Narendo and worked well last week. They rushed for about 240 yards as a team. Uh, but we'll, we'll see, you know, how, what they're going to do, uh, this week. And Allen said it himself, it's, it's the most physical game of the year. Sounds like cliche, but that's probably true. These two teams are, you know, two of the most physical teams in the country, certainly two of the more physical teams in the big 10. 
So um, Alan's certainly expecting to feel a little bit more soreness <laughs> throughout the contest and, and definitely afterwards. <laughs> right. And you, I mean, to flip to the defensive side of the ball too here real quick. I mean, you talk about Alan, obviously the physicality, you mentioned that that's going to be a focal point in this game. And Iowa knows too, like even with the way that Wisconsin has thrown the ball this year, I mean, outside of those Ohio State and Illinois games that it's going to be important to stop the run. Like Jack Campbell, when, you know, had a, it's not a guy that gives too much detail into stuff, but when he does, he really opens up and he really opened up about Graham Mertz a little bit. But then at the end of it, he just goes, and we got to stop the run. <laughs> so <laughs> they know, they know going into this game that Penn or Wisconsin, no matter what, you know, their team looks like this year, no matter what the situation is in the run and the running back, no matter the situation, in the offensive line, that they know that Wisconsin is going to try and run the football. And that's what's going to be, you know, a major key. And before we get into predictions, what are some other guys or what are some other, you know, parts of defense? You mentioned the pass rush being not as much of a strength as it was last year. I mean, you look at Nick Herbig's numbers and, you know, I saw him in person at media day with you, Mike. And I was like, this guy is like, I knew he was on the short run, but like yeah. he doesn't strike you as a guy that's overly, you know, fantastic. Like he is, but, from a size perspective, but man, he's, he's been really good this year, but what are some other, you know, maybe strengths and, you know, some of the other week or, you know, just going strengths a little bit. What are some of the strengths of this Wisconsin defense that can give Iowa troubles? Well, certainly there's, you got to look at the secondary going again. I know Petrus has maybe played a little bit better recent games, but I, I feel like that could be somewhat of a mismatch because uh, Wisconsin secondary has been really good this season. Um, they, they uh, well, not really. Well, in recent weeks, they've been really good. Uh, they've had their they had their struggles against Ohio State. Uh, obviously, Illinois kind of dinked and dunked their way down the field. But that group is healthier now than than they were then. Uh, they got Hunter Wooler, uh, sophomore safety back, and they can use him in a lot of different ways. Last week, they lined him up as an outside linebacker and as part of a three safety look, um, and, and he made an interception on that play against uh, Talia Tugavailoa. John Torchio and, and Kamoy Latu were the other two safeties on the field during that play. So they have a lot of versatility on the back end suddenly with, with those three guys. Torchio leads the Big Ten with five picks. He's up toward the top of the nation in, in that category as well. So he's been uh, having a tremendous season for them. And then at cornerback, they have Alexander Smith, their number one guy. Uh, he's finally back from an injury that kept him out of the first seven games of the season. Um, you know, during the offseason, the coaches you know, kept saying that Alexander's our number one cornerback and he's lived up to that um, in recent weeks. I know Charlie Jones, Iowa fans will know him pretty well, had, you know, 10 catches for hundred some yards, most of them against Smith, but it was a really quiet game for Jones. He did not score a touchdown. A lot of his catches were short. Smith was all over him most of the time. Uh, so he played well there. And then against Maryland, obviously, you know, rainy game, but the secondary has been, been, uh, is much healthier now than they were. Um, and the transfer additions, I think, have given them a little bit more as the season's gone later. Uh, Jay Shaw, uh, the transfer from UCLA, has been been very steady for them. You don't hear much from him. He doesn't make a ton of huge impact plays, but that's usually a good thing if no one's noticing you out there if you're a cornerback. You, you, you know, if they're not throwing your way, that means you're doing your job. Uh, Justin Clark has been good. Cedric Dort as well. The other two transfers – um, so I feel like that can be something depending, you know, obviously you mentioned the running game, both teams are going to try to establish that and probably stick with it. But 
you know, I feel like Wisconsin's goal in this game is to to limit the early down rushing for Iowa and and, and really put them in some tough third and long situations where they're going to have to go to the air. Um, and and I I you know obviously Laporta might be able to give them some issues, but I, I would give Wisconsin's corners a, an advantage probably against Iowa's receivers. Um, you know, it seems like obviously Laporta has been been the guy for Petrus. He leads the teams in reception yards and probably targets as well. Um, I know that that they're. I don't think an Iowa. You can probably correct me on this, but I don't think an Iowa receiver has more than twelve or fifteen catches, something like that. But um, I, I would say that's that's probably one of the goals. They're gonna they're gonna try to stop the run, you know, early and, and really rely on that secondary to make some plays um, because that's that's a strength. Even though that the pass rush has, hasn't been hasn't been good, and, and I don't think they have to worry about the mobility with Petrus either. He's not a guy that's that's gonna. Uh, burn him with his with his wheels and obviously he probably will more than willing to take off and run if he has to but I, I don't think they're going to be too worried about him getting out of the pocket and killing him against maybe a pass rush that hasn't consistently been able to get home yeah two to correct you real quick two Iowa wide receivers have at least 17 catches Nico Rogani okay, so leads was, his team I was close yeah <laughs> no I, I, I know I know you were close <laughs> it, it hasn't felt that way I mean the last I think Seven of Regani's catches have come in the last two games. While Bruce has been pretty quiet the last couple of games, he had he didn't have a catch against um, Purdue, but he had a couple. They used him in the backfield with the way that they were kind of with the way Iowa was depleted in the in the running back room. Um, but yeah, I mean, so now kind of to close things out. What is one thing? I, I don't want to mess up how I say this. What is one thing that Wisconsin needs to do to win? And what is one thing that Iowa has to do to Wisconsin to win? And then give me your prediction. It almost feels similar, right? Like yeah. stop the run and, and force a you know two quarterbacks who can you know Mertz is obviously I think you compare him to Petrus probably been better you yeah. know obviously better this season, um, but yeah. still still susceptible to a boneheaded play here and there, and we've seen that a couple times. But for Wisconsin to win. Um, I mean, I think special teams are going to be a factor. It's going to be cold. It's going to be maybe a little bit windy, I think I saw in the forecast for Saturday. So I think, you know, obviously it's going to be tough sledding against a, such a dominant defense that Iowa has this year. Um, I don't know how well they're going to be able, be able to establish that run. They're going to have to have Merch make some plays for them, um, you know, to, no matter what the weather is like. I feel like they're going to have to get a couple big plays. Obviously, Iowa's secondary is a strength, too. They've been good. That they were good, great last year. They, they've been productive again this year. Uh, I see two guys have have three interceptions, and I was has ten interceptions on the year, so they can certainly force Mertz into some mistakes. So I think the, the field position is going to be a big thing for Wisconsin. Uh, cutting down the distance, you know, they have to go against this this Iowa defense. I would say that's a goal. You know, get get some shorter fields, some shorter drives. You don't have to put together. You know, I, I know I looked it up. Maybe I was given up a couple of long drives this year, but I feel like certainly going to going to be a huge factor for them to 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 get some shorter fields and 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 not have to go 80, 70 yards against a defense that just isn't going to give up that 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 many yards. Get some plays from Mertz, flip the field a couple times and, and take advantage of your chances. Um, and obviously, if the defense can can force Petrus into some mistakes on some third and longs. Um, that that would be a factor too in, in field position, getting some interceptions and and, and forcing some turnovers. Uh, for Iowa, you know, obviously uh, 
the the running game is has been a factor. I think I saw somebody tweet today that the 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 last twenty one matchups, the winning team has always you know outrushed the other. Um, you know, can they can they stop Braylon Allen um, and Isaac Arendo that duo? Um, and 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 also on the flip side of that, can Caleb Johnson continue to have uh, some big performance? Another big performance for them. Um, Wisconsin has at times been beaten physically this year up front. Um, they have struggled. If you look at that Illinois game, they they gave up about 140 yards rushing to Chase Brown, most of them in the second half as the game kind of wore on. Um, so I think maybe Iowa, with an offensive line that seems to be starting to figure it out a little bit, could, could maybe do something similar, bully, bullying the Badgers up front. Um, I think the Badgers' defensive front and linebackers, like I said earlier, have been better. But this is a big test for them because they know what they're going to get. They know they're going to get. Uh, they know what they're going to get in, in Iowa's offensive attack. They're going to have a lot of running uh, with with the running back who's obviously been playing really well at 200 yards last week. Had a long 75 yard touchdown. So I, I would say those two things: stopping the run and, and establishing a run against the Badgers, um, huge. And obviously, you can you can say special teams too with that punter Torrey Taylor. It's been terrific. Um, I'm a kind of a nerd for for punters and kickers. So I, I can't, can't wait to see him in person. Um, hopefully, you know, I think he'll have a chance uh, to, to get a punt off in this kind of game. I expect it to be low scoring. Um, right now I'm kind of leaning toward a maybe 17 to 17 to 14, or maybe make it a weird score, 17 to, you know, 13, 17 to 12 kind of, kind of game. I would give, Wisconsin a little bit of an edge because I think that their quarterback is going to be able to make some plays, uh, maybe a few more plays than 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 what Petrus uh, is going to give Iowa. But I could totally see this being the other way around. Um, it's such a tough game to predict because both teams have kind of found their identity uh, in recent weeks, and um, and and it's gonna it's always it, it, it's going to be a tough game, a physical game. I expect a low scoring game and and weather that, like I said. Might not be great for for an offensive night, but I would give the edge to the Badgers for now. But would not be surprised if I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, I I think I went with seventeen thirteen too. I think I initially had like twenty three like seventeen or something like that, and then I was like, with the way that this weather looks, it's not optimal. I mean, I just cringed looking at it. looking at it right now. The real feel high is twenty three degrees, with the wind gusts max wind gusts around twenty miles per hour. And the cloud cover, average cloud cover is 41%. I mean, that can obviously yeah. vary depending on, you know, what the day looks like. But so, I mean, it's not like we're going to get a ton of sun or consistent sun. And, it, right. you know, usually on the field, it's it's a lot warmer, but it's not going to be optimal. I mean, and I'm on the field for the whole game, too, with the picture stuff. So that's not going <laughs> to be an ideal situation for me. <laughs> yeah, I know. So. Um, yeah, I had, I'm, I think I'm going to move it. Uh, I think I'm going to stay around 13, 10. And I mean, like you said, Mike, it's, it's one of those games that can go either way. And it feels like both teams have, you know, obviously <laughs> Iowa's offense has been brutal. Wisconsin's had more of a light, light with their, with their offense this year with Graham Mertz and obviously a consistent running game when healthy with Braylon Allen and Iowa seemed to pick it up in recent weeks, but you know, last week or the Northwestern game, you know, a lot of people will say North Northwestern's been bad, and yes, they have been bad, but they've been a thorn in Iowa's side as of late. Purdue's been the same. You know, obviously that those weather conditions in West Lafayette were perfect for Iowa playing Purdue. 
with how windy it was and just how crappy it was outside. So that worked in Iowa's favor, but I think you can't really ignore the momentum that they have on both ends. And I mean, same deal with Wisconsin. This is going to be, you know, believe it or not, one of the more important games in the Big Ten West. I mean, we didn't expect it to be, you know, both teams being five and four coming into the year. We probably expected it more to be like, you know, seven and two both ways or something like that. But either way, it's going to be a dogfight. And, you know, it's going to be one of those games, too, where I think it's going to be I think similar to the 2019 game where it could come down to the one or two possessions and one or two that team making the, the, the last play to win the game. Um, so I think I'm going to go 13-10 in favor of Iowa, but I think Wisconsin has, you know, good as chance as anyone is winning this of winning this game. So, Mike, once again, appreciate you joining me. It's always fun having you on the podcast. Always nice to have a younger guy on there. Um, so I appreciate you coming on, and you guys can follow Mike at M Hogan Reports on Twitter, and then check out his stuff at Badger247.com. Um, yeah, guys, thanks again for listening. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.